This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. The servants of Moloch had promised to unleash chaos on the church in America these past two weekends, and while that result didn't really live up anywhere near to their promised rhetoric, act they did, and instead of going over most of what was done on those weekends, I am instead going to rely here on one aspect of the story. In a parish church, a tabernacle was taken. It happened in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. And this kind of thing is one of the worst things imaginable if you actually have the faith. I'll go over that story, and especially the non-committal response from the bishops in all of this now, though maybe I'm being a little unfair there, since they did actually issue a call for prayer and repentance, more than I've ever expected from them. But all of this really begs a question. Where does the hierarchy see the treasures of the church truly lying? Where does the hierarchy place the most value in our time? Let's talk about that now. I want to start this with a couple of very short quotes from Fulton Sheen. We're talking about the treasures of the church. What are they in reality, and what are they in the eyes of the bishops? This is important because as we look at the story of the stolen tabernacles, which wasn't something I was even going to report on it at all until a few statements were made publicly by people whose opinions I respect that got me to thinking about how this whole mess of stolen tabernacles is actually indicative of the state of the church as a whole. But Fulton Sheen frames us and our discussion today with this observation of his, quote, we become like that which we love. If we love what is base, we become base. But if we love what is noble, we become noble, end quote. I mean, that makes sense, right? If we give more time to base pursuits than our knowledge and love of God, we will become base. Fulton Sheen elsewhere doubles down on this observation with this, quote, As our Lord said, where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Hence, the least love of God is worth more than the knowledge of all created things. End quote. What we value most is where our heart truly lies. As is often the case, the best and most interesting stories in the church can be found on Twitter. In this case, an observation was made on Twitter by Adrian Fonseca, one of the producers of Guadalupe Radio's Catholic Drive Time show, where he said this of the story of the tabernacle that was stolen from a parish last week. Quote, they found the tabernacle at a Burger King. Appears to be cracked open. Stole our Lord and left behind the gold. Clearly was not stolen for the money, but for something far more precious. End quote. For some context, a parish was entered illicitly and a tabernacle was taken. Nothing that the world would see as valuable was taken, but the tabernacle was. And yes, our blessed Lord was truly present in the sacrament of the altar in that tabernacle. They found the tabernacle behind a Burger King, pried open with the Eucharist missing. The tabernacle, as you can see from the picture, is made of solid gold and was left behind. In a purely worldly, non-believing sense, the tabernacle has more value to someone looking to make a few bucks. And they left it behind. That means they understood the value of what they actually had and what had real value. But the story gets weirder, and this is where I got to thinking about what the prelates of the church find to be of real value in the church. Again, from Mr. Fonseca, quote, Update. Things are more complicated. Tabernacle is stolen a second time. Police have the faces and plates of the two sets of thieves. They predict they will have it in custody within 24 hours. Hopefully we will find out what they did with our Lord. Pray. End quote. The servants of Moloch are worked into a lather at this time. But notice something about this. The tabernacle is taken a second time. 
Presumably the parish priest had put the tabernacle back in the chapel and put the consecrated host back inside and then took no precautions to make sure this didn't happen again, meaning he didn't lock the doors of the parish. And what happened? It was taken yet again. At least law enforcement has pictures of the suspects this time. And that all got me to thinking, are we taking this seriously? Or rather, are the bishops taking this seriously? They have issued a statement, which I'll get to in a moment, but I want to bring this statement to your attention. Father Dave Nix of the blog and YouTube channel, Padre Peregrino, told us, and if you haven't seen his YouTube channel, you should check it out. He does a lot of good teaching material there. Father Nix told us of his experience as a diocesan priest in response to the news of the tabernacle. Quote, most of my Novus Ordo Missae parishes before I switched to the TLM had tighter security for the money safe than the tabernacle. What does that tell you is the true treasure of the current hierarchy? Now, if you've ever sat on a parish council meeting, you know that very often they focus entirely too much on finances and giving and not on enough vocations and baptisms and things of the sacred. That's simply a statement of fact, one I know from personal experience. What it means for the state of the church, I will let you be the judge of, though. But the bishops haven't remained silent in the face of the Milwaukee action. I was surprised. I'm sure you are, too, especially when you see the, the, the substance of this. I don't think it goes far enough, but this is actually surprising from them. The story comes from Pillar Catholic, and the bishops have asked for your prayers for the servants of Moloch and for reparation. Moreover, they ask this that we all, well, for this past Friday, May the 13th, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, they asked us to pray the rosary for the conversion of sinners and for an end to the Moloch procedure that has dominated the news cycle as of late. And they even did the unthinkable. They asked that the lady pray the rosary for the conversion of America from its current course. Something must have spooked the bishops. I know, this call was for last Friday, but can you still participate, or you can still participate, by offering a rosary today if you haven't yet for that intention? It still counts. I wasn't the only one struck by this request, though. The author of the Pillar Catholic piece was struck by this request from the bishops as well. From their article, quote, If I may opine for a little bit here, I'm struck by the emphasis on a spiritual response to a growing temporal problem. In an analysis last year, I noted that the U.S. Bishops Conference issues a lot of policy statements on political issues of varying degrees of importance, and I wondered whether anyone reads them or whether they actually make much of a difference. It's a question worth asking, but a call to prayer is different. It strikes me as the most authentically Catholic response to our moment and one worth recognizing. End quote. The author, J.D. Flynn, then recounts in all the details needed all the events against parishes and allied organizations that first weekend and after. Then he asks this here, quote, so what is the Catholic response? Honestly, I don't think I fully know. Christians, like all people, have a right to worship freely, and some of us should expect that exercise, that right, will come with new costs. We should also expect that law enforcement will protect some sacred spaces. Should churches try to engage political protesters outside of mass, should they offer them food and coffee? The idea of that kind of welcome seems like a Christian one, but is it realistic? Will it happen? Will it lead to conversion? Will it lead to violence? Would Christians have the virtue to be rejected, cursed, struck, or spat upon and not respond in kind? End quote. He goes on to ask if the red crown of the martyrs will be earned by those attending Mass, and it's also a fair question. But he's right. The bishops requesting prayers on this issue and for our adversaries is the most Catholic response you can imagine, and it's much more Catholic than I would have expected from them, to be perfectly honest with you. But what does happen if things get worse? There had been a newest statement issued by another group claiming that they will escalate things in the summer. 
So what happens if that does come to pass? What is the correct response? They even issued demands, which are not going to happen. We can expect no help from the man I call Sleepy Caesar, whose hirelings all have issued words of support for our adversaries, despite the man himself claiming to be Catholic. What happens next? Let me know what you think is coming, because I can only guess myself, and I don't want to spend time guessing here. Instead, I'm going to bring this back to Fulton Sheen, who gives us some insight into why the servants of Moloch are worked up into such a frenzy now. Quote, Conscience, Christ, the gift of faith, make evil men uneasy in their sin. They feel that if they could drive Christ from the earth, they would be free from moral inhibitions. They forget that it is their own nature and conscience that, which makes them feel that way. Being unable to drive God from the heavens, they would drive his ambassadors from the earth. In a lesser sphere, that is why many men sneer at virtue, because it makes vice uncomfortable. End quote. He's absolutely correct. The law of God is written on the hearts of all men, regardless of whether they want the moral law there or not, and the devil works very hard to drive that law from our hearts with sin and vice. This battle makes the servants of Moloch lash out as they do, and this is why we must pray for them, and for the bishops who had better do more than that single statement that they issued. It was a good start, certainly exceeded my expectations, but it's, it's just not enough, since it doesn't look like they're preparing for escalation. Again, what do you think is coming next? Will it be escalation or are we facing a sort of another whimper where a few things happen, but nothing on the scale that we were expecting? Was the tabernacle being taken an indication of things to come? And I don't even want to ask this, but what do you think was done with the blessed sacrament in that tabernacle? Let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't, it really does help. As always, pray for the church and especially for those engaging in these activities, these servants of Moloch, as I've been calling them. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.